What is up, everyone, and welcome back to The Awakened Catholic Show. I am your host, Nick Delatore. I have two really great friends with me here today. One I have known for a long time, and that is Mr. Rob Holler. Welcome to the show. Thank you. And the other I uh, recently became friends with on our trip to the Holy Land, which is what we're talking about today, and that is Beverly. Beverly, thank you so much for being here today. It's my pleasure. Thank no, no, you. no. The pleasure is all ours <laughs> to have you here. <laughs> thank you. Uh, I got to know Beverly on our trip to the Holy Land, and uh, Rob was there with us as well, and that is what we're going to be talking about all of that is coming up right after this ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the awakened catholic show this is not your grandmother's catholic talk show i am your host nick delatore and today uh, we have rob and beverly and we're going to be talking about our trip to the holy land and how incredible it was how transformative it was uh uniquely for each of us we all had um we, we had a shared experience but we each had different experiences and the lord worked through it in in really powerful ways uh so we're going to be diving into that but first we're going to spend a little bit of time just getting to know who rob and beverly are uh so rob uh, I've known you the longest, so I'm going to skip you and go right to Beverly. <laughs> uh, we'll come back to you, I'll Rob. Let you tell mine as well. So. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Uh, so, Beverly, tell us about yourself. Um, How long have you been into this whole Catholic thing? I know this is kind of this is so exciting. Um, I was um, born into uh, a Baptist faith, and um, I really didn't know much about Catholic stuff except for they didn't have church the same way we had church or, you know, but I think our beliefs were always the same, but I was never really sure, mm. but for years and until it's been, um, it will be now 12 months um, that I was confirmed. I was confirmed last year at the Easter Vigil, Congratulations. which was so exciting. Yeah. Welcome home. And um, I uh, went to our CIA and um, I my initial thought, okay, I really want to understand what this is all about. So I'm just going to join this RCIA class and mm. I'm just going to get educated. That was my whole purpose. I had no intentions of, you know, converting to Catholic. So wait, you just randomly were like, I'm curious about Catholicism. Like what kind of nudged you in that direction? Um... I guess just because I didn't know, and there were so many things I didn't know and understand, why do they do this? And what is this about, mm -hmm. you know? And, um, you know, Lent, I want to understand Lent a little bit better. Now I was going to an Episcopal church mm -hmm. and the Episcopal priest had to retire at age 72. They have to retire. So that means he's gone. So we had no priest for over, well, it was almost two years and I was starving, mm. you know, and I needed, I needed a, a liturgy. I needed, you know, the gospel and I needed so much stuff. And so I decided, okay, well, let me check this out. I'm not going to go searching for another church, but what I do want to do is understand. So does that yeah, help you understand a little so bit? So you were just on a quest for understanding, a quest for going deeper. Yeah. Um, kind of maybe encountering the Lord in a more profound way uh, through the tradition in which you were participating in or learning about. It was totally a God thing. Yeah, wow. Totally a God thing. Because when God brought me to that Episcopal church, that was a God thing. Mm -hmm. The church actually 
was infested with termites. Oh, my goodness. And I'm one of those nosy people that looks all around. I thought, my gosh, this church just doesn't look very safe. So I brought this to the elders and... For heaven's sakes, the church building was condemned <laughs> because wow. of the termites. And then I had project management oh, experience from wow. my previous career. So they asked me if I would project manage the project to get this church restored. So I did. So a year and a half later, we're back in our church again. So, you know, that was great. It was yeah. something I guess they needed and I needed, mm-hmm. you know, but I was starving for more. So I, I, Took the I enrolled in the RCIA class, and the more I studied, the more I was convinced. Interesting. This is where I need to be. That's such an obvious example of the Holy Spirit at work. Like you said, it's a Holy Spirit thing, but so often we feel this uh, this compelling sensation that we have to be the ones to bring people to truth. We have to be the ones to intervene, and we certainly do have a role to play. But at the same time, sometimes we can get in the way of the process and some people's journeys, you know. And and the Holy Spirit really is kind of all powerful you know kind of is um fully enough and 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 the holy spirit like you had no external forces prompting you inviting you and and you just had this journey that god ushered you through and that's so powerful and beautiful to me yeah did you have a thought rob no oh okay i'm actively listening (laughs) beautiful beautiful um beverly thank you so much for sharing that that's that's profound and and i think um Anyone watching or listening, you know, if you're feeling what I'm feeling, I feel convicted to uh, invite and allow the Holy Spirit to guide me more explicitly, right? Um, that that I would get in the way less through my own rigidity of mind and heart and, and just let the Holy Spirit lead me because that's such a powerful testament to, to how effective that can be. So thank you for that, that witness. Yeah. Yeah, it's, we do get in our own way. We do. We get. We in can our get own our own way. way. Get in each other's way. It's it's amazing how good we are <laughs> yeah. at just getting in the way. <laughs> um, Rob, uh, yes. we've known each other for some time, and how long have uh, we known each other. Oh goodness, probably uh, I want to say thirteen or fourteen years. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy, <laughs> and I, I might even be off on that, but it's something like that. Um, and so. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to have you here and, and to get to know you, uh, but I'm going to put that off as much as possible by first talking to you about our sponsor for today's episode. Uh-oh. Select International Tours is uh, just such an amazing company, and they actually are the company we worked with uh, to go to the Holy Land. And um, honestly, when they reached out to us here at Awaken, uh, we, we had talked before about going on pilgrimages, but it really wasn't on our radar. And when they said to us, hey, it would be so cool to have awakened Catholic pilgrimages. We were like, yeah, it would. But how does that work? And they were just such an amazing group of people to work with um, to go into this new venture. And, uh, you know, fast forward a little over a year, we were finally going on our first awakened Catholic pilgrimage. And, you know, that's that same pilgrimage that we're here talking about today with Beverly and Rob and, and so many others that were on this trip with us. And they just made it such an incredible experience that we are not done. We are going to keep doing pilgrimages. Uh, we have one later this year. Uh, that we are going on with Father Leo Padalinghug, actually, to Mexico. Uh, We're going to be going also to the Holy Land again uh, next year in 2023. And we're also planning a pilgrimage to Cuba. More details on all of that is coming soon. But anyways, just we're so excited to be working with these amazing people at Select International Tours. And thank you, Select, for sponsoring this episode and so many others in the past and for working with us on these trips. Um, I'm curious, 
Rob Beverly, how, what was your experience like on this trip uh, that was coordinated by Select International Tours through Awaken Catholic? Yeah, uh, you know, I thought the thing that they did was incredible was they really just led us through the Holy Land, through the Gospels, yeah, you know, through the Scriptures, um, you know, in a w- way that really emphasized simplicity. You know, they shared a lot. They shared a lot around it. They gave us context, things we would never know, which was amazing. Uh, but they also, you know, our, our guard, guard, guide, our guide, guide, yeah. Maher. And guide and Maher. guard, Maher. Uh, he, uh, you know, he often presented the gospels to us just simply and let it be what it was, you know, in those holy places. And yeah, I was, it was very moving, yeah, uh, prayerful. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. I did too. Yeah, yeah, Beverly, what was your experience with our yeah. select international trip? To your trip? point, he absolutely guided us with scripture almost every step we made. Yeah. He read he read the scripture, which was amazing and powerful. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I was a little nervous uh, traveling alone, and I didn't know anybody. But, you know, the people at uh, international Select International were so gracious. They were always available to answer questions and I called them a couple times about preparation and what do I look for and what should I pack and this and that and they were just so very helpful he gave me even more information back than I asked for just to help me be more comfortable because like the we had to have the PCR test and Mm -hmm. you know it had to be 20 or whatever ever how many hours before we it was just a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. and they just made me feel so comfortable I totally relate to that as the group leader like I had never done this before and they were just they they empowered me to lead the group well and it, and it just it was I was very comforted by how effective they were and proficient they were at everything that they did and and how it made my job as a group leader so much easier um so you rest assured awakened catholic will continue to do pilgrimages with select international tours so yeah. so one yeah. other comment if yeah. i may remember we had a little bit not a major but a little bit of a fire drill because they had changed in the states they changed how the number of hours we had to have the pcr mm-hmm. test when we were oh. three days before we were leaving mm-hmm. and but and 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 um, was it you that said, well, we'll just call select and find out, yeah. you know, what's going on. And they were just like back with us within a short period of time. So mm-hmm. we put our minds at ease. Don't worry yeah. about it. We're all good. You know, that was major to me. I, agree. I got a little scared, <laughs> but yeah. They well, were and great. the beautiful thing is now for any subsequent Holy Land trips that the travel restrictions have been lifted. Uh, and yeah. so it'll be a lot easier for us to go and for, for other people to go that were kind of hesitant this first time around. Um, so yeah, select is awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. So Rob, yes, you, you want me to tell your story. You were a, a hippie surfer dude on the West coast and, uh, Go on. <laughs> no, I'm going to let you tell your no, story. Please, please do. Nope. It's that, all you. That's all you know about me. <laughs> that is it. Well, that uh, is the extent of my background on you. Well, I was born at a very young age. Um, yes, that is how that works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I grew up, fr- I'm from Ohio, not uh, from the West Coast. Uh, I'm not exactly sure why Nick thought that. I didn't that think you mean. were from there. Okay. You spent time there, though. Oh, you know, just like, you know. You get the shaggy I mean, hair. I had long hair in college, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I met Nick in college. I grew up going to mass every Sunday with my family. Um, I probably skipped a few times in high school when I... You know, I don't know. I don't know if my mom knows that or not. She probably knows that. She's she's not. She's Linda's not vigilant. Lady. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, watch your kids, everyone. <laughs> by the way, from yeah. Uh, so yeah, you know, I just kind of grew up uh, going to mass every Sunday. I didn't. 
I had an intellectual knowledge of my faith. I had a belief that Jesus Christ was truly present in the Eucharist. Um, you know, I, I think I had some depth intellectually, uh, but not a practice in my life, not a prayer practice in my life. You know, I had no heart in my faith. I had no commitment in my faith. So, um, you know, in some ways I was giving a great foundation. Uh, in other ways, I, you know, I, I really hadn't made the faith my own uh, until college. Um, I was probably my, my junior year. I ended up moving into the Newman Center kind of as a result from a retreat I had went on. Uh, my sophomore year, I was kind of sparse going to mass when I went to college, uh, like many college kids. But um, I just had a great experience um, being involved in the Newman Center there at the University Parish in Bowling Green. Um, I met Nick, unfortunately. <laughs> That's really been a detriment in my life. <laughs> no, kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I should stop there. That's, that's no. great. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I had a profound experience in college. Um, I realized that Christian community was a real thing. Uh, I had, I had, uh, deep and lasting friendships. Uh, and there's also people who I've in charity continued to minister and befriend, uh, like myself. <laughs> I didn't say that. Just kidding. This is a joke. It's so charitable um, of you to be friends with me. I'm just trying to take cheap <laughs> shots, as many cheap shots as I can here. It's good. It's good for the um, the clicks, I guess. Great. Exactly. <laughs> if you like Rob's cheap shots, like this video. Yeah. So, yeah, great experience. I ended up uh, graduating with a business degree. Um, I had a, you know, a desire to serve the church. I did fundraising development for St. Towns for a couple of years, helped with some retreat programs, different things. Um, I... Ended up getting my master's degree at Bowling Green and uh, moving to Ann Arbor. I got married to my wife, Katie, who I had also met at Bowling Green. Uh, we dated after college, actually. Um, Still not sure how you landed that. She's yeah. way too good for you. That's all true things. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And then, yeah, I was a business manager for about four or five years, probably four, four and a half, something like that in Ann Arbor. I moved back to Ohio, a brief time of exile in Michigan. Um, my wife and I uh, were very blessed to adopt my son, Joseph. He is now three and a half years old. Um, yep, he's a colorful little boy. I'll say that. Nick knows more about it. Uh, I, I love him. Uh, and he's just at this great age where he has so much to say. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Little Joey and my son Augustine love spending time together. Yeah. They are a hoot to observe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, most recently, the last two and a half years, I've been doing real estate. Um, yeah. My wife and I are involved in things. I still uh, work for a parish mm -hmm. at the moment. So, yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. That's Thank me. you for sharing all that. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, it, um, it's so interesting just how, uh, you know, we all come together on an experience like this Holy Land trip that we're going to get into shortly, but we are all coming from such different places, you know, obviously geographically, we all kind of live spread out a little bit, but our stories are all so different, but we find ourselves, you know, our journeys converging in the Holy Land on pilgrimage and, um, how even through a shared experience like that, based on the different places that we're coming from in our in our life's journeys, um, how even through a shared experience, we can all have such unique encounters with beauty and truth and um, tradition and how God is just working in such special ways in each of us. 
Um, and I've I've always valued pilgrimage, but I, I really had no idea just how profoundly impacted I would be by this. Like I knew that it would be awesome, but I I had no I wasn't ready. Like I I don't think anybody can really be ready for what that experience is is like and how no matter what you're expecting from it, God will do something beyond what you were expecting or different than you were expecting. Um, yeah, I love that. Um, okay, so uh, this. This seems like, now that we've heard a little bit about each of your faith journeys, a perfect moment to move to what's called the Kerygma Speed Round. Are you guys ready for the Kerygma Speed Round? I was not prepared uh, okay. for this. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. All right. You're going to have to talk to my agent before I... No, no, no. It's time. <laughs> it's going down. It's going down. Okay. So we'll start with Rob. Beverly, I'll give you... Uh, I'll show a little bit more mercy to you by Thank going with you. Rob first. <laughs> so, Rob. Who is Jesus to you? Uh, to me, Jesus is, he is God, you know, coming down to meet us where we are, you know, assuming humanity. So fully God, fully man. Um, he is, he is, uh, yeah, in that way, uh, the way we access God is through him in his very person. So it is God's love, second person of the Trinity bridging the gap and the division between humanity and divinity. Beautiful. I love that. Cool. Beverly. I, I wish I had said that. <laughs> I have like three, three cuts here. They actually, so. oh, who is Jesus to you, Beverly? Who is Jesus? He's everything. He's my friend. He's someone when I feel alone, I can reach out to him and he's always there. Mm. My friends are not always around me, but even when I'm walking or driving, as a matter of fact, um, I was singing this little child's song on my way here. Let's be happy, chase the gloom away, put your trust in Jesus and serve him every day. Mm. He will make us joyful and cheer us on our way. Let's be happy and chase the gloom away. Wow. So when I'm feeling down, yeah. Or, you know, that might sound silly. I don't no, know. No, no, it's, it's beautiful. It's just precious to me. Yeah. Um, as Jesus is, I feel his presence. When I go into, and I attend St. Joe's in Savannah, um, Catholic Church. And so from the minute I drive up in the parking lot, I'm so happy mm. inside. And I walk in and I, it's just, I might feel tense as I, carry a lot of my stress right here and the last sunday i went it was like i sat in the pew and it just dropped you mm -hmm. know i just was so w ready to receive the word it's wonderful and that's jesus that's beautiful that was much better than my answer <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that yeah question number two Elevator pitch for a life with Jesus. Rob, you first. Actually, Beverly, would you like yes, to go first so that you're not... she's so prepared. Well, I don't know what you mean by elevator pitch. Like you're on an elevator. You can yeah. decide the height of the building and how long the elevator ride takes. Um, and you, you just got to make an elevator pitch to someone that's sharing the elevator with you. Oh, I'm going to tell someone. Yeah, for a life oh with Jesus. Oh, my gosh. You know, I have these new neighbors. I'll just use an example. I have these new neighbors that moved in. Just a young couple to me young. <laughs> They're in their early 30s, I suspect. I didn't ask how old they are, but the guy came out and I was in the yard and he was. we were just chit-chatting and I said, so what is your faith? And he looked at me like, 
oh. And I said, no, do you love God? And he told me yes. And I said, do you attend church? So we just started off talking about that. And after that was over, I thought, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I said that. I just It just came to me. That's awesome. That was a God thing. You know, it was a God moment. I was really happy I did. Yeah. But I couldn't believe I said that. So I think that was like an elevator pitch to me. Yeah. I mean, you know, it just in and, and then I asked what, you know, what um his wife's, you know, faith was and stuff. And, you know, anyway, it was just I felt really good about it. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's awesome. Rob. Oh elevator pitch. I think I would have had all this time to think of something. <laughs> I was just listening. Oh. Elevator pitch for a life with Jesus. I, you know, kind of going back to what you had said before, you know, I just think it's it's a life, you know, not alone. Mm. You know, yeah. just the idea that it he's is. always with us. Um, he suffered. He suffers with us. Um, he knows what we've experienced. He 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 has brought humanity up into divinity, assuming, you know, mm-hmm. his humanity. Um, so he he's he's like us. He understands us, and of course, God understands us. But um, yeah, it just it just makes him very very relatable. Uh, it's just a deep, overwhelming sense that you know not only you're not alone, that all will be well. Mm. You know, all will be well. All things will be brought, you know, to His glory. You know, there's there's fulfillment. Yeah, there's deep and abiding fulfillment uh, that we're striving yeah. and we're going towards that we may not realize in this life. You know, and that's why we're suffering is because we're not we're not happy because we're not, you know. Before God, mm-hmm. we're not beholding God, uh, and Jesus, you know, comes into our world so that we can behold Him. Yeah, you know, right. a foretaste of heaven and the fullness of being with Him. So um, He just He He shows us where we're going. Beautiful, and He's so forgiving. We're not perfect. I'm not perfect. Next, <laughs> but He's so forgiving. He is so forgiving. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful answers, guys. Third and final question oh of this Kerygma speed round. <laughs> Elevator pitch for life specifically as a Catholic. Who wants to go first? Wow. Oh, I may not be a good one to go first on this one because I've only been a Catholic for a year, but I can tell you it is profound in my life because, as I mentioned, just speaking to my neighbor so off the cuff, I would never have done, I've never done that before. Mm-hmm. I just feel, um, well, and I've been doing an awful lot of, because of the church, the Catholic church, I have studied Peter in a Bible study at St. Joe's with other people and had these great discussions, which really prepared me for going to Israel. Um, I think I feel, um, I feel a sense of responsibility. It's my job. Mm. I'm supposed to be a missionary. That's awesome. I'm supposed to be a missionary. Yeah. And I think that I'm really beginning after all these years internalizing that. Yeah. I'm supposed to share my journey. I'm supposed to help other people learn, mm-hmm. you know. So So you feel emboldened to like um it's almost like your 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 cup is being filled to overflowing, and it, and it's coming out of you in in a beautiful way. It is, yeah. and it's it's happening such that I don't know it, so I don't try to control it. That's great. You know, yeah. so, that's beautiful. Yes, beautiful that's, answer, Rob. Elevator pitch for life, specifically as a Catholic. Yeah, you know, I I just think of you know the church, 
the Catholic Church is the body of Christ. You know, I I think of uh, the depth of communion that we have uh, with our with you know I personally have with my friends, my family, the people who I who I love. Um, that unity where there's no there's no real division. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of division in the world, uh, but when when we are not focused on the world uh, and we really participate fully in the church, you know, we do we bear each other's burdens. Um, we we are the body of Christ, and when He is our head, uh, you know, I feel like, yeah, that's that's fully realized in the Catholic Church. Um, you know, world's not perfect. I'm not trying to say the church is not perfect. You know, the people. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Beautiful, I beautiful. Great job, guys. So I would like to add yeah. one more thing if I could. I guess you can't cut me off. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I would like to say I have had a lot of inspiration, guidance, and leadership um, as role models in my son and his wife, Stephen and Tracy. Tracy, Tracy is a cradle Catholic. And Stephen converted to uh, Catholicism maybe when they were married a year or two years, something like that. But they have raised their children such that they're beautiful, beautiful young ladies. And my oldest granddaughter is in Slovakia as we speak as a missionary trying to preach the gospel to kids of her age, young adults as Mm -hmm. ever. So they are role models for me, all four of them. And to your point, it is so awesome that when we sit down to have a meal, we pray together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Allie sent a text asking her mom to ask me and her other grandma, please pray for this girl, Alice, that I'm speaking with now and pray for me to say the right things. It's just amazing. The mm-hmm. family that you have, even though this is my biological family, but the family you have surrounding you and the friends that I have, which by the way, are mostly all Catholic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They are. Yeah. So anyway. Amazing. And to continue carrying on because okay. you, did, you go, brought go. me further. Uh, you know, the other thing I love about our Catholic faith uh, is the, the connectedness to those who've come before us and those Ooh, who have yeah. fought the oh, fight. Right. You know, the people who are in heaven with God, um, the communion of the saints. So uh, we have our communion here. Mm-hmm. We have our friendships here. Uh, but one of the, the most tragic things we deal with in life is death. Mm-hmm. You know, and that sense of loss. You know, I think everybody's lost people who they love. Um, but the depth of like, we are still in communion with them, connected with them. Um, I think that, you know, yeah, that's an incredible part of our faith that, uh, uh, can't be underemphasized. Can't be overemphasized. Oh, it could be. I don't know. I don't know. It's important. (laughs) Either way, it's pretty awesome. very important. (laughs) That's what I'm trying to say. Beautiful, beautiful. All right. Great job with the Kerygma, not so speedy round. Um, that was beautiful, oh, though. To be real fast. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. But you guys killed it. They were beautiful answers. Um, most most guests end up, you know, elaborating. Elaborate, yes, <laughs> eloquently <laughs> diatribing. You know, beautiful stuff, though. Um, so, all right. So we got a little bit of the context of your story and who you are. So let's move now. Now that we have that context, uh, what were you each? looking for out of this pilgrimage what were you each anticipating or hoping for asking god for nothing 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 you know i don't know i think it's been a lifelong dream of mine to um go to jerusalem yeah you know the holy city 
Uh, and, you know, the Holy Land, by extension, you know, so many of the places where, um, you know, so much the history of our faith has taken place and where Christ has walked. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I know my wife shared that as well. She went to, and uh, I think, you know, I read a, a number of books about the Holy Land, uh, which were very good. And it just, you know, I guess I didn't go with a lot of expectations. I did feel like I went very open to what would happen. Hmm. Uh, and in that way, it was a, it's just a great experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. How about you, Beverly? I was too very open. I really didn't know what to expect. But I will tell you one thing, and you guys know this. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> From, I can't even tell you how young, I was so young, and in my church, Everyone was immersed, mm-hmm. right? And I did never, I never understood what that meant until our CIA. So, just to clarify, you're talking about immersion during baptism. Baptism. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I you knew where I was going, yeah, but yeah. I forgot to tell everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm speaking of bat- baptism. Yeah. And so, um, in our CIA, um, they explained what that was all about your death when you go under the water you mm-hmm. can't breathe and then when you come up that's when jesus comes in and mm-hmm. that's salvation and that's so awesome and i cu- oh, i thought i just can't wait to get to the river of jordan mm-hmm. i'm probably gonna cry it's okay i i couldn't stand it i mean i just was so excited about it and even the night when we met the first time yeah. we met i said you did i want to go to the river of jordan that is going to be amazing yeah. and I had built that up so much and I didn't really know what I was going to see, but it was so simple. It was just a muddy, nasty river with a little metal bar you could hold on to and a rickety platform of wood, Mm -hmm. right? And as soon as Father Eric finished with, I don't even remember what we were doing. I was so excited. (laughs) I just sat down on the steps and ripped my shoes and socks off and I wanted to get get in the water. Yeah, It was over it just i just felt the presence of god yeah and i wanted to just scream praise god and finally i just built up my nerve and i did and i thought all these people are here you know but i don't care yeah that's so beautiful was amazing we actually i have that on video and uh ethan uh let's play that video here wow that was euphoria Yeah, never. That was so moving, and and I was I was so disappointed that I I missed the because I was anticipating you going into the River Jordan. You did because I remembered that you at that meeting that you had talked about it, and so um, I was disappointed that as uh, as you were starting to, I was looking away and I didn't realize that you were already beelining it to the river, and and so I missed the beginning. But all I knew was I was looking away and I hear your cry. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm missing it. And I turn around and there you are. And I quickly grab my camera. I'm like, this is a moment. And so, man, I, I that was so powerful. Everybody was moved by witnessing really? your yeah. moment. It's true. I was almost, you know, I kept thinking, oh, stop, stop. But I couldn't. I just oh, yeah. couldn't. Yeah. I will never. It. I don't know that I could ever experience that again. But it was amazing. I never dreamed how powerful it was going to be. Yeah, it was amazing. It really, really was. Yeah. Were there any moments like that for you, Rob? Oh, my. Oh, my. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. You know, I I can't think of any specific thing during the whole trip. I mean, I just, I go back to the whole thing. Like, uh, it's really like each place, 
you know, I guess the coolest part about it is now that we're back here and I hear the gospel on Sunday, yeah. you know, yeah. you think of the mo- the or recent the one where they were um, on Mount Tabor, yeah. it was the, the place of the transfiguration and you hear about Moses and Elijah there. And I'm like, I, I, we drove up that hill, you know, yep. and yeah. seeing out. So, and it is, it just like transforms your vision of what is happening in the gospel and what Christ is saying. It's somehow mm-hmm. it adds life to it. It's yeah. like he was there. He said these things and it really meant something. So, yeah. um, you know, and the miracles he, he performed. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know that any one thing sticks out, but it all does. Like it's all just left an imprint in my, in my mind of like, this is the life he lived. Wasn't it powerful though to carry that cross? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was so exciting! So we did the the Via Dolorosa. Um, we have some footage of that that we can overlay here. Uh, we did the the Via Dolorosa, and we got up at what was it four in the morning? Four. Yeah, that's what I seem to remember. <laughs> Not all the excitement necessarily. And each of the different pilgrims that were on our trip took turns carrying the cross as we went from station to station. Um, and it was powerful. It was crazy. And um, that was such an experience. Um, yeah. And I think, Rob, what you were saying, too, about like just in general, that it brought life to the scriptures. Like, I feel like what I was looking for um, was kind of to that end. Like, I I wanted the context of of being in the space and, and seeing the places that were being um talked about or, or described in the stories in the gospels so that they would become more than stories. Like I, I wanted to the, the groundedness of seeing the ground, you know, of, of bringing it down to earth where these aren't just, you know, nice fairy tales that I've been told since I was a child, but like observing the journey that Jesus walked from the last supper to Easter Sunday, like that whole sequence when, when Maher, our guide, he took us uh, to this hillside um, and, and we could oversee the entire town of Jerusalem. And he took us stay uh, moment by moment through that entire sequence, starting at the last supper. Um, and we saw all of it play out and, and just the realness where you could just envision like, this is where the Lord was was shaking and crying and sweating blood in the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, this is where the Lord was crucified. This is where our mother, Mary, stood watching her son uh, be, be on the cross and die. Mm-hmm. Like, all of those things just brought so much realness to the stories and grounded Absolutely. them. I think of uh, there are a number of times... Uh, where they would use the scriptures and they would put, uh, what is it? We're here. You know, here in Latin. It says, uh, there are two in particular. In Nazareth, I thought, uh, we went to the Church of the Annunciation and the word became flesh here. You know, you have this small grotto where, you know, you know, the Mary would have been, you know, uh, he became obedient to them here. He became obedient here to Mary and Joseph, you know, yeah. in Nazareth. Yeah. Like some of those things were just incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing I was super excited about, just because um, apostolic succession in general, 
but in particular the papacy, the pope, um, the office of the pope was a major component to me coming back to faith and specifically Catholicism. And I was so excited to visit Caesarea Philippi. And that was as awesome as I was hoping it would be. Um, so that was my my selfish little Here's moment. a fun fact. Awesome. Yeah. Who is the second pope as a pope to visit the Holy Land? The second pope as a pope to visit the Holy Land. I don't know. Do you guys remember this? No. Pope Paul VI. No way. Was it? In the 1950s. So every, any other pope that had visited it you visited it, it before. We, at the privacy of Peter, oh. they had it. They talked about it. You were off. Nick was always on his phone the whole time. He Stop. That is not pictures. true. He was taking and pictures of wasn't videos. He wasn't he, Beverly? <laughs> he missed the whole trip. That is not true. But anyway, <laughs> doesn't matter. This is the real truth. <laughs> Uh, but Fake it's incredible. News. We we'd imagine the Pope, you know, who is so uh what do you say, foundational to the Catholic faith, uh, would have been very much in the Holy Land, but we forget how much of a modern phenomenon travel. traveling is. Yeah. You know, right. they just didn't travel, you know. The Peter went to Rome and he died. He was crucified there. The Pope stayed there almost for two thousand years. Had a little hiatus in France. That was a little weird. It's <laughs> Complicated history. But they had not been back to the Holy Land since like the 1950s. I just thought that was incredible. Uh, and each pope had has visited since, I believe, or mm -hmm. many of them, most of them have visited the Holy Land since. Yeah. Uh, and that was like a very historic event that the pope had come to the Holy Land at that time uh, because the pope has largely been confined to Rome. The other interesting thing, while we're on it, St. Francis St. Francis walked from Italy, right, to mm – -hmm. it was like there was a sultan there, uh, there was war, and he pled for peace. Uh, and mm -hmm. for that reason, from that foundation, um, you know, there are many times throughout history where Christians were driven out of the Holy Land, Muslims were dri driven out, Jews were driven out. It's a complicated history, complicated. But the Franciscans, when it was a Muslim, you know, reign there, were largely welcome hmm. since they were – did you not? Were you not there? I didn't. I, yeah. I don't. I don't remember. One that. of one of them shared this while we were there. They were largely welcomed throughout uh, the the last almost what nine hundred years or something, and that's why most of the holy sites that were Catholic there that had oh, been maintained were all Franciscan. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Anyway. Right. Yeah, I, that's. That's so interesting. And those dynamics between those major religions uh, in in the Holy Lands were also so interesting to learn about throughout our trip and, and even observe to exactly. pre present day. So those dynamics still kind of playing out. Um, you know, the Holy Sepulchre, that was so interesting how it's, you know, kind of maintained by its its Roman Catholics. The Seven or eight different churches. Seven or eight? I thought it was two or three. This, this, the, the Holy Sepulchre? Yeah. No, I, there were more than, seven or eight different churches many. represented. Yeah. Okay. I believe it is seven. I believe I believe we did find yeah. out it was seven. Maybe I'm thinking about the, 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 the locking ritual that maybe that's primarily between two or three. Yeah, so, so, well, yeah, the Christian churches could basically can't agree who's going to hold the right. key because they lock the church, the door, every night. Mm -hmm. right. Uh, so uh, right now, a Muslim actually, they, they, they have a ladder— they go up, they lock the door, and they hand the key through the door, 
and the Muslim holds the key overnight while the Holy Sepulchre is locked. Yeah, that's you know? so fascinating to me. Yeah. And and just their capacity to work together on that to maintain peace. <laughs> Even just to me, Muslims helping maintain peace amongst Christians. Right. It's just such an interesting... Dichotomy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I would say the other thing that was just absolutely awesome to me was the Sea of Galilee in general. Um I just was so moved by the Sea of Galilee. Like, just so much in the Gospels happened on or or around the Sea of Galilee. So much. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even realize how close the proximity was between so many of the different stories. You know, I uh, multiplication of the loaves and fish. Hey, there's the Sea of Galilee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Beatitudes. So the Beatitudes. The, Beatitudes, the right. primacy of Peter. Yeah. Um, like... Okay. Eat breakfast yeah. after the resurrection. Yeah, Jesus lived in Capernaum for right. years. Sea of Galilee. Right. You know, right. he lived here. Yeah, you know right. they they know that he preached in the synagogues there. Yeah, gosh, he did a lot. And what's crazy is the Sea of Galilee isn't even that big. He walked on water. He walked on water there. Yeah. Uh, he helped the disciples catch a fish. bunch of fish when they were struggling to catch mm-hmm. fish. And I love how they still call. You know, in the Gospels, you hear that. You know, he went to the other side. So the other side, you're on one side of the Sea of Galilee, and the other side is just known as the other side. That was so amazing, so wasn't it? Yeah. Even if you're on the other side, you're you. It's not like the other side is the other side. You're on the other side. There's one side that's just the other the side? other side. <laughs> yeah, I thought Hilarious. that was amazing. Hilarious. Because you oh read, read that in the Bible, and you think, I wonder where that was. What was on the other side? Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from Magdala. So we'll what is there. what is Beverly your biggest takeaway from your trip to the Holy Land? Oh, wow. Well, it has to be being able to get right in the River of Jordan. Yeah. I mean, that just goes without saying. Yeah. But Is there anything in your life, though, that you feel you came away with, like, a sense of something was different uh, or you had to make a change or? Oh, boy, I don't know. There's so much, Nick. I don't know how I can answer that, except that reading the scriptures mm-hmm. has such a put me in such a different perspective Yeah, because being there in some of the places, you know, that are written about in the Bible and reflected, reflected on in the Bible, those just are major because yeah. I was there. I saw it, you know? Yeah. Um, and it, you know, when you listen to these, the different, you know, um, like Peter, when he's talking in, in the writings and all that, it just you just take it more personal. I think mm-hmm. it's more understandable, if that makes sense. I, yeah, reading the Bible that's has beautiful. taken on a whole different spin than what it used to. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Would you recommend this trip? To oh my anybody? gosh, I would go again in a heartbeat. Would you? Because we're going again. Well, I would go again in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. I would highly recommend going. You heard yeah. it from Beverly, guys. You got to go. Got to do it. Rob, what's your biggest takeaway? I mean, I just know, like, never again can I spend 11 days with Nick. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It was awesome. We had a blast. We had a lot of fun. We did. Uh, Father Eric was a hoot. He was. Um, You know, it's so great to be a part of the culture and everything. Uh, But the thing that's staying with me is just like Beverly said, the, the scriptures. You read the Gospels. Yeah. Um, all of it. It's just, yeah. it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, like I mentioned before, like I just, I'd always want to see the, the Holy city, Jerusalem. Yeah. And like the thing about Jerusalem is unlike our, our modern cities, you know, Jerusalem, really is a city, 
you know, our cities are sprawling and they're like, they spread and they're like, they're really not compact, you mm-hmm. know, but the old city, like, you know, when you're there, yeah. you know, when you're not. And it, it really has a, it you know, a beautiful structure to it. You know, they have different quarters for the different faiths, uh, but the, the way of life there, um, their prayerful approach to life, you know, we would hear um, the prayers, Muslim prayers five times a day. Uh, you would see we went to we were in Jerusalem on on uh, in Hanukkah. during Hanukkah, mm-hmm. uh, and we Nick and a, a, a number of us, a few of us, were able to walk around um, um, on Shabbat, mm-hmm. and they were all praying at the Wailing Wall. Um, just just the what do you what would you call that of life, the mode of life that was lived? Yeah, uh, it was very beautiful among all of the faiths. Certainly the Christian faith. Oh, it was just incredible to see it. Um, and to see where Christ was and it just, I imagine, I remember, you know, when I hear it, yeah. I think about our faith. I, I think about the place where it happened. I totally agree. That would be, well, first, would you recommend it? Absolutely. To everybody. Yeah. You know, if you, if you have an opportunity to go to the Holy land, mm-hmm. yeah, go. Amen. Yeah. Um, my takeaway, similarly to what you were just saying, the, the way that they lived their lives there, even present day is still so reminiscent of what you would imagine life was like centuries, millennia ago, where the life is uh, not about this life. Life is about eternity. Um, life is about worshiping and serving God. And and here it's like, even in our uh, Americanized Christianity, Americanized Catholicism, even for people that take it seriously, quote unquote, whatever that looks like, it's still kind of a secondary part of life. Like we still, we fit prayer time in and we still like, we, yeah, we go to mass on Sundays, but like their, their life is prayer there, you know? And so the biggest takeaway I had was this conviction that I got to figure out how to make my life prayer, not fit prayer into my life. Um, and, and I've been kind of slowly, uh, unraveling what that looks like for me. Um, but yeah, that that was my biggest takeaway was just seeing the beauty and the power of the way that uh, Christians, Jews, even Muslims there live their lives so authentically pursuing uh, God. Mm-hmm. And, and I wanted my life to look like that, too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Can we also talk about how um, how much you got into the culture there? <laughs> No, look at the time. Oh, oh guys, this okay. has been great to have you guys here. <laughs> um, Beverly, you are just such a blessing to be around, to have with us here. Thank you Thank so much. You. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. And, Thank and Rob, it's, you know, it's, it's it is what it is. It, you've been here. So sure. <laughs> just kidding. No, I, I really value both of you a lot. Um, value your friendship. Beverly, I, I'm so blessed to have gotten to know you on this trip. Mm. Um, and it really was such an amazing transformative thing. Uh, viewers, listeners, uh, you know, we, we are going to be doing this again and we're going to be doing this with some frequency. So, um, stay tuned, uh, join our mailing list if you want to learn more, uh, and I should mention also, if you are enjoying this show, uh, you should check out theawakencatholicshow.com to to check out more of the episodes of, of this show or even become a patron and get access to some exclusive benefits uh you know some of those benefits include me 
singing, you know, a romantic Spanish ballad in your name. Uh, so, you know, if that's if that's what you're into, then you should visit theawakencatholicshow.com. And uh, and then additionally, the best place to to enjoy uh, the shows here at Awaken Catholic is. Our app, theawakenapp.io, um, it has great community features. It has all of the content that's produced here at Awaken Catholic. I'm super excited about our new prayer library, which is now trilingual. You have English, Spanish, and Latin options for the different prayers. Uh, and we're still working on on building out the Spanish part of it, but some of them already have it. And then not right now during Lent, uh, we have the Awaken Your Lent devotions. And so there's really great stuff like the Daily Caller, which is uh, daily reflections from Father Jeff Walker uh, and Father Peter Grodi. We have the Daily Word, which is uh, daily scripture reflections by me myself, whatever the proper thing is there. Uh, the Daily Saint, Reflections on the Lives of the Saints by Kevin Jory. There's all kinds of good stuff there. You got the Stations of the Cross. You got the Divine Mercy Chaplet. There's a music library with original Catholic music you can check out. Just visit theawakenapp.io or search for The Awaken App in your Apple App Store or your Google Play Store. Um, plus, it's where all of us in the community part of it, that's where all of us uh, you know, show hosts are hanging out for the different shows on Awakened Catholic. Also, I just saw on the screen here, I should mention, Restorative Meditation. This is a brand new meditation technology that was um, created uh, by Andrew Reinhardt, and it marries, it fuses um, some of the beautiful Christian traditions of meditation with uh, a lot of very modern... Um, uh, science and understanding about the way that our brains work, and it's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, it's called restorative meditation, and you can find it there in the Awaken app as well. Uh, okay, guys, this has been awesome. Really appreciate having you here with me. Um, and uh, yeah, that's all I got to say. This has just been a blessing. It's been great. The trip yeah. was a blessing. Yeah. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Awaken Catholic Show. I have been your host, Nick. This has been Rob and Beverly. And uh, make sure to tune in next time at theawakencatholicshow.com. Before you go, I just need you to know that Jesus loves you. Amen. Peace. Amen.